Well, good morning. We're going to start this month, month of November, by talking about Thanksgiving. And I don't mean the holiday in which we celebrate by overeating. I mean thanksgiving, the giving of thanks. Now, I challenged you guys during Sunday school to be thinking of a blessing that you were willing to share with us, and I'm going to share why. Now, how many of us remember how almost unbearably hot it was during the summer, right? How many of you ever prayed, wished, or hoped that it would not be so hot, that the weather would be a little cooler? How many of you found this morning that you had to get out your coat? <laughs> this morning I woke up, I said, why is it so cold in my house last night? Yesterday, we had the air conditioner on. This morning, I was like, oh my goodness. I had to go run and turn the heater on before we even got ready to, take my, to get ready to come to church. I was like, oh, it's a little cold. But we all prayed for colder weather, cooler weather, didn't we, back when the weather was so hot? The question is, how many of us remember to thank God for answering our prayers? How many of us took a moment to say, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful, cooler weather. The fact that it took a while to come goes back to what I like to tell people all the time, is that I don't believe in such a thing as unanswered prayers. There are always an answer. There's, there's three different answers. There's a yes, there's a no, and there's a wait. And we don't like to hear no or wait because we are an impatient people and we want what we want. So we like to think that if we don't get a yes, then there, it's a non-answer. That God's not listening. He's not answering our prayers, right? So back in the summer, we were playing for cooler weather and God's like, I got this. Just wait. Right? Now that it's here, it has arrived. An answer to prayers. So, we're on the verge of what holiday again? Thanksgiving. So what is Thanksgiving all about? Overeating, turkey, dressing, cranberry sauce, right? Staying up all night. Staying up all night. Football games. The Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special, things like that, right? That's what Thanksgiving is about, isn't it? Seeing your family. Gathering together, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, all those good kinds of pies, you know, sweet potato pie. Or for us coffee drinkers, it's when Starbucks unlocks their holiday drinks. That's what the holidays are about, right? That's what Thanksgiving's about, right? Right? Oh. 
For the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at Thanksgiving in a totally different way. But in fact, it's the original reason for the holiday. I want us to look at Thanksgiving and break it down into those two words. Thanks giving or giving of thanks. We're going to talk about giving thanks to God. We're going to talk about what it means to truly live our lives thankful for what the Lord has done for us. Now, you have a Bible in front of you in the pew. I'm going to invite you to find it and to turn to Psalm 73. I'm going to read it from the same Bible you've got in front of you, so that way when we talk about it, we know what's going on. Psalm 73. Now, the first time we look at it, we're going to look at it straight from the one that you guys are going to be reading, and then we'll take a closer look at it. Or a different translation. But from the King James, it says this. Truly God is good to Israel, to such as pure in heart. But as for me, my feet have almost stumbled, my steps have nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace, violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance, they have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak lawfully. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongues walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here, and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, How does God know, and is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely, I cleanse my heart in vain and wash my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of our children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Surely you set them in slippery places, you cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to dissolution in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so, Lord, when you wake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant, I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel, and afterwards receive me to the glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? 
and there is none upon the earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is in the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you, desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to dwell near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, and I will declare all your works. Now, let's look at it again. We're going to look at it from the message, which is actually a paraphrase. So, if you want to follow along in what we just read, we're going to read Psalms 73, this time with the message. Here we go. No doubt about it. God is good. Good to good people. Good to the good hearted. But I nearly missed it. Missing his goodness. I was looking the other way. Looking up to the people at the top. Envying the wicked who have it made. Who have nothing to worry about. Not a care in the whole wide world. Pretentious with arrogance. They wear the latest fashions and violence. Pampered and overfed, decked out in silk bows of silliness. They jeer, using words to kill. They bully their way with words. They're full of hot air, loudmouths disturbing the peace. People actually listen to them, can you believe it? Like thirsty puppies, they laugh up their words. So what's going on here? Is God out to lunch? Nobody's tending the store. The wicked get that by with everything. They have it made, piling up riches. <laughs> I've been stupid to play by the rules. What has it gotten me? A long run of bad luck, that's what. A slap in the face every time I walk out the door. If I had given in and talked like this, I would have betrayed your dear children. Still, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache until I entered the sanctuary of God. That's when I saw the whole picture. The slippery road you put them on, with the final crash in a ditch of delusions, and the blink of the eye disaster. A blind curve in the dark and nightmare. We wake up and rub our eyes and nothing. There's nothing to them, and there never was. When I was believed and bitter, totally consumed by envy, I was totally ignorant. I was dumb in your very presence, and I am still in your presence, but you have taken my hand. You wisely and tenderly lead me, and then you bless me. You're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones are brittle, God is rock firm and faithful. Look, those who left you are falling apart. Deserters! They will never be heard from again. But I am in the very presence of God. Oh, how crushing it is. I've made Lord God my home. God is telling the world what you do. Now, if you have one of those Bibles that have notes, what they'll say is that this psalm was written by Asaph, who was David's chief musician. 
In other words, he was the Israelite worship leader. He was the guy who got up in front of the crowds on Sunday and led them in singing and worshiping God. But this is a time from his life where he almost quit worshiping God. He almost quit praising God. He was having a hard time giving thanks to God because he looked around and according to what he saw, the guys who were doing the wicked and evil deeds seemed to have it made. Whatever they wanted, whatever they needed, they got it. And here he was, a God-fearing, God-loving man, struggling along with nothing to show for it, according to what he was seeing. We break it down. He starts off right at verse 73. He says, I know God is good. But he says, there was a time that I lost my faith. I found myself slipping away. There was a time where I almost had no reason to give thanks. Because I looked around and the ones who had nothing to do with God had everything going right for them. They were prospering. They were successful. They had everything they wanted, everything they needed. Even though they were mean and evil and had no regard for God, they had all the money, power, toys, and riches the world could have. It didn't look like they were suffering because they didn't have. Except he didn't. He couldn't understand. How could they have all this? If God is everything and they still don't have him, how could they have what looked like everything? If they didn't believe in God and still everything went well for them in their lives, how could that be? And honestly, let's be truthful. He was struggling with a little bit of jealousy right there and envy. He was looking going. They've got everything I want. They've got stuff I need. I'm here suffering because I'm following the Lord and doing right in his eyes. These people are being wicked in everything they need, everything they want to get. What about me? He was jealous because he felt like he had given so much up for God. But what he had done didn't seem to matter. He was beginning to think that maybe following God was worthless. He was living a life pleasing to God, but all he seemed to be getting thought was hurting. And let's be honest with ourselves. We look around the world today and we might be tempted to think the same things. We look around and see people who have no regard for God who seem to have it all, don't we? And then we look at those people who are saints of the faith, the Christians, ourselves as believers. And we see stuff lacking. We seem to have nothing going for us sometimes. 
and we begin to wonder why it seems like the godless are blessed and the God-fearing are cursed. We begin to question what it means when we follow God. So I want us to stop for a moment and think. Have you had those moments? Remember that you are doing your best to be who God wants you to be. You may not have any, everything or anything but we must try to be content with what God has given us. And we must try to treat people right. And we do that. We try to treat people right, and sometimes the way they treat us is what the issue is. People don't care one iota about God. And they've got everything going for them. we begin to wonder if following God is worth the price. If we seem to be suffering with those who do wicked who don't follow God seem to have everything they need. Then what does it matter? Thank you. 
feel his reason to give thanks to God. But his eyes were finally being opened again. And he finally realized that he indeed had a lot to be thankful for. He was reminded that he still belonged to God. That God was holding his hand in life, guiding him along. And that while these people may have these things, this worldly stuff to comfort him, who he had to comfort him was the creator, the greatest comfort of all. So for us, we need to remember, we may not have all the stuff in the world that makes us happy, but we have all we need to make us happy. We have a God who holds our life in his hands. He's not just near us, he is in us. We are never apart from him. Just as he realized, realized his life was not wasted by being fighting by God, we too need to realize that God has something bigger in store for us. We are a child of God. We don't have much in this world, but this world is not our goal. His goal is for us to have much and more. He has bigger plans in store for us. He has a destiny that includes bringing him glory, praise, and praise. He has a destiny that includes eternity. What we are to give thanks for is just what they realize. We need to give thanks that we are in a relationship with God. That he is by us, near us, in us. Fame, fortune, the things of this world are one day going to fade away. And the most important thing is going to be a relationship with God. If we are a believer, then we belong to him. We belong to him forever. And nothing or no one can ever take that away from us. How much better is that than any riches of this world? While those who store up worldly treasures can secure have no real security in the way things are going. One bad investment on the stock market. One bad storm to wipe out a house. One bad decision, one bad choice. And things may go all downhill. But when we put our trust in the Lord, our security in life comes from him. He is and always be, will be our shelter, our protection. He is and always will be near us. We can always count on him. He will never let us down. He will never turn his back on us. He will never drop us in favor of somebody else. He will always be there for So the question is, as we look around, have we had those ASAP moments where we've wondered, Lord, what's up with this picture? That person over there, he could care less about you and your name. He lives his life pleasing to himself. He cares nothing about you, Lord. But why does his life seem to have everything? And here I am praising you and living my life in your ways, and I seem to have nothing. 
we had those moments? And we begin to wonder sometimes. Why it seems that when we follow the Lord, things just seem to go wrong all the time. But those, those who live their lives pleasing to themselves seem to have everything just the way they want it. We're going to take some time in prayer. And what I want us what I challenge us to do during this time is to rebuke that spirit of envy and bitterness that asks that the Lord make you satisfied and rejoicing in what he has provided for you today. We sang the songs, he has made me glad we talked about entering his gates with thanksgiving, the giving of thanks in our hearts. But today is the day he has made me rejoice. Let's claim that. Let's make that a reality of our life. Earlier, we shared what we were thankful for, the blessings that God has given us. And sometimes we need time to stop and think, to pick something. But I want us to become so deep in our relationship with the Lord that when someone asks us what the Lord has done for us, we can spit out rapid fire a list of the blessings he has given us. We don't have to stop and think to identify one thing. But instead, say, well, the Lord woke me up this morning. And the Lord gave me a shelter, gave me a place to lay my head, a place for my children to lay their head. He provided for me. I had fresh, clean clothes this morning. I had hot water. I just recently had a brand new hot water heater put in. So that, I was thankful, Lord. Thank you for that wonderful hot shower this morning. Because those cold showers are not fun. So make it so that we realize. Because that is how we can prevent bitterness and envy and jealousy creeping in and stealing our faith and our trust in the Lord is by already recognizing the blessings he's already given us. If we see what he's already doing in our lives, we'll be less worried about what's going on in other people's lives. When we focus on the blessings he is pouring out on us, we will care less about what's happening in other people's lives, to be jealous about it. So we're going to take some time in prayer. Take this opportunity to thank him for what he has given you. To ask him to help you overcome the attitude of the small picture and just seeing things the way they appear. But in recognizing your blessings. 
and that he will see you through. Let's pray.